Thank you, Roger and Tiffany. Uh, good day, everyone. My name's David. Uh, great to be here with you, opening the Word of God. If you've got your Bibles, uh, keep them open at Hebrews chapter 5 and 6. Uh, we'll be looking at that today. And as we come to look at it more closely, I'll lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this Word spoken through the Son. Uh, Father, we pray today as we hear it uh, that we would pay attention uh, that you would give us uh, those soft, uh, receptive hearts uh, that learn and grow as we hear your word. And we pray you would do this work in us by your Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the great milestone was uh, reached in our house uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, we, have a, we have a growth chart in my office. You probably have one of these if you've got kids. And um, uh, we measure the kids every year. And at the top of the chart is mum. You know, she's, uh, she is like the goal of the kids. They want to they get to mum's height. Dad's off the chart, but mum is right there. And so this year, Andy uh, reached her goal, got to uh, the same level as mum. So very pleasing, great milestone. Uh, but, you know, we all have these charts uh, in, our, in our homes because uh, we expect kids to grow. That's the, the normal experience uh, of children. And it's the same with Christians, Right? The normal experience of a Christian is that they grow, right? not in height, okay, uh, but in Christ-like holiness. Uh, Christians are always growing that way. And so just like, you know, if a kid is not growing, if a baby's not growing, we think, you know, something is wrong. Uh, it's the same with Christians. Uh, when you see a Christian who is not growing, uh, it should worry us. Uh, maybe something is not right there. And so something like this is going on uh, with the Hebrews uh, that the author is writing to here. Um, and so today he takes this kind of long detour to address the issue uh, before moving on uh, with the other things he wants to say. And so we can see him addressing the issue here in chapter 5, verse 11. Have a look at that. It'll be on the screen as well. Uh, we have much to say about this, meaning you know, Jesus and his salvation. We're going to say more about that. Uh, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. All right, so there's, there's lots more good things to say about Jesus and he's going to do that in the rest of this uh, letter. Uh, but he says, like, what's the point of speaking more uh, if you're not listening, or if you're not trying to understand these things? All right, and so you know, this picture, this word he's using is this kind of sluggishness, uh, this laziness. It's just kind of a, just an unresponsiveness to the word of God. All right, and it's not that these people were not smart enough uh, it's just that they had stopped trying uh, in that way. Uh, it's like by this time they should have been, you know, grown adults, you know, eating solid foods, steaks and things like that. Uh, but they're actually still like babies, uh, needing milk and not that solid food. And so he moves on and says it's time to grow up. So chapter 6, verse 1 uh, is, is the next thing. He says, therefore... Let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. All right, so those, those elementary teachings he's talking about there, uh, just the, they are the foundations of Christianity. 
really important things. Uh, He he mentions them as he goes on and he says uh, it's like responding to the gospel with repentance and faith. That's the beginning of the Christian life. Uh, Understanding that baptism in the name of Jesus and new life in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit Uh, and then waiting for uh, the return of Jesus, the resurrection, uh, the eternal judgment. Right, these, are, these are foundational to the Christian faith. And he's saying now it's time to move on. Okay, it's time to move on from those things to build on these foundations. Right, so like imagine someone who you know, buys a block of land and then puts the slab down on the land and thinks, that's it, we're done. Right, invite people over, have like a slab warming party, get the drinks out. You think this guy's crazy. Like, you've got to build on these foundations. That's what foundations are for. And so that's why it worries the author so much when he sees the Hebrews uh, not growing, not building. And so that's what uh, he is addressing here today. And so we should, we should realise this is not just a Hebrews problem, it's a human problem caused by sin. I mean, have you ever thought to yourself, yeah, I, I know enough already. I know this stuff, I've heard it before, it's basic, uh, I don't need to hear it again. Have you ever thought maybe I've grown enough already? Right? I'm not like other people. I go to church regularly, I pray, I give, I serve. You know, what are they doing? Now look, I know these thoughts because I have these thoughts as well. Right, how easy is it for us to be satisfied with where we're at in the Christian life uh, and just stop trying? Right, just settle into that comfortable level of Christianity that just really fits nicely with the rest of my life. Uh, I'm comfortable here. I can just stay here. Right, but that is not God's purpose for our life. Right, that's not where God wants us to stay. Right? He wants us to be pressing on and growing. Right? Satan is very happy if we just stay put and comfortable. Uh, he doesn't want us to be humble, teachable people. Uh, he doesn't want us fighting sin and growing in holiness. Right? He just wants us thinking, that's enough. You've done enough. Just take it easy. Uh, stay right there. And so the author, as he's writing, he's, he's thinking about this danger and so he wants, to, he wants to move them on. He wants to help them grow up. Right, so he does two things. He, he shows them two groups of people. Right, he shows them those who uh, fall away and die. And he also shows them those who endure and are saved. And if this unsettles them a little bit, which I think he's expecting that it will, and it, it might do that for us as well, uh, he reminds them of the certain hope they have in Jesus, anchor of the soul. Uh, which is going to inspire that great endurance that he wants in them. So let's have a look through here. The first group is those who fall away and die. So Hebrews uh, chapter 6, verse 4 to 8. So have a look at this. Because I think the most worrying thing about lack of growth is that it could be evidence of what we read about in chapter 3, a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Right? It's like those Israelites in the wilderness... Uh, who did not enter the promised land because of their sinfulness and unbelief. So he's like saying, be careful we're not part of this group. So Hebrews 4, 6, uh, verse 4, uh, chapter 6, verse 4 says, It is impossible 
for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. Now, he's not talking about a true Christian here, a born-again believer. Uh, he's describing someone who, is, who has just been in and around the church, right, who's experienced those, those great blessings of that, hearing the word of God, uh, knowing the love of Christians, um, but they are not themselves someone who's united with Christ by faith. Right, so they are like, this illustration he uses is in chapter, in verse 7, is they are like land that drinks the rain, often falling on it, that produces thorns and thistles, uh, is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Right, so God's word is, is falling on them like rain, uh, but like a, like a hard and dry ground. They're not responding to that with repentance and faith and believing in God. And so eventually, uh, those people will fall away. And right, so this can still happen today. Uh, you might have heard this before. Uh, being in church doesn't make you a Christian, just like being in the garage doesn't make you a car. I've heard that one before. Uh, it's true. Uh, a Christian is someone who believes the gospel, or someone who is born again of the Holy Spirit and is producing those fruits of the Spirit in their life of love and of joy and of peace, right, as God is growing that person more and more like Christ. That's a, that's a true, genuine believer. And so we need to be careful we're not someone who is just hanging around Christians uh, but does not know Christ. We need to hear that warning right, because the end of that is worse than death. It's an eternal judgment under the curse of God. So be thankful if, if this warning, uh, if it wakes you up to that reality, give thanks to God for that. But also give thanks if it just keeps you a long way uh, from ever being anything like that. Give thanks to God for that. Uh, and the second group is those who endure and are saved uh, from verse 9. So he goes on to say, Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case the things that have to do with salvation. And so interesting, he's saying, in other words, uh, even though I warn you about those who fall away, I don't think that will be you. And why is that? Why does he have this confidence? Uh, because he remembers their works of love, love for God and love for other people. He remembers those things in them. So he says that in verse 10 as he goes on. He says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So these, these works of love uh, are pointing to a work of God in them. Okay, when we see the fruits of faith in people's life, like that is evidence uh, that the Holy Spirit is at work in that person. And so we can look at them and, and there can be a confidence that they are saved because of these things. And so you've got to ask then, if he thinks they're saved, uh, why is he warning them about falling away? Uh, why say that to Christians? Uh, the reason is, is because, you know, yes, they will persevere to the very end, uh, but the warning helps them to persevere to the very end. 
Uh, the warning is there to keep us far from danger. Uh, it's like my wife, sorry, get two mentions today, Sammy, but it's like my wife uh, with snake warnings. Um, we love bushwalks, we love it. But we will not go on a bushwalk from like September all the way through to May because of the remotest possibility there could be a snake in the bush somewhere that's just waiting to just get us. So we just don't go near the bush. We read the sign, snakes, and we go, no, I'm not going to go near the bush. Um, so we're never going to get bitten by a snake. But that same thing is what he wants for the people. He wants to keep them a long way from the danger of falling away. So he warns them. And instead, what he wants for them is this in verse 11. He says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realised. We do not want you to become lazy, uh, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. All right, so I want you to stay a long way from that laziness. Right? It's the same word that was mentioned at the start, uh, just that unresponsiveness to the word of God. Right? Stay a long way from that and instead uh, do the opposite. Uh, be diligent. Right? Diligent in loving God and loving people. Have, have, have zeal for that. Have enthusiasm for that. Uh, and just have that patient endurance in that. Right, picture, you, know, you can picture two students at school. Uh, you know these students, uh, the lazy and the diligent. If you're a teacher, you know these students. Uh, one of them is taking notes and listening and, and working hard, and the other one's looking at that person going, I'll get those notes later. I'll have a look at those later. Right, he, wants us, he wants us to be diligent, responsive to the word of God, right, believing, growing, patiently enduring in those things to the very end. So he warns us to keep us on that path. And notice the goal of that path as well, right? So that what you hope for may be fully realised, so that you will inherit what has been promised. What we hope for, what has been promised, is eternal salvation. There's nothing better than that. And that's the end for those who endure in this way. Uh, they will receive those things that have been promised by God. And so at this point, you might feel a little bit unsettled. You might be thinking, uh, what if I don't make it to the end? What if I am one of those people that falls away? Right, how can I be sure of what I hope for? Uh, so he, he wants them to be sure, and so he points them to the way they can be sure. Uh, he reminds them, of the certainty of hope they have in Jesus, uh, who is the anchor of their soul. Uh, so we're skipping ahead a bit here. There's lots of good stuff that I'm going over. You can read that later. Uh, but verse 19 of chapter 6. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever, in the order of Melchizedek. Now, we spoke last week about Jesus, our eternal high priest, right, who is glorified in the heavens for us. Right? He is the anchor of our soul. Uh, thinking about anchors, uh, this is the biggest ship uh, that's ever been created. It's 500 metres long. It's big. Uh, it's called the Seawise Giant. And, right, big ships need big anchors, right? Here's the anchor. 
no longer attached to the ship, but there it is, 36 tonnes, bit of context, that's 30 Holden Barinas, you know, my very manly car that I have. Um, there's a big anchor, because it's got to anchor a big ship, right? Okay, we have a big hope. We have a massive hope. We need an equally big anchor that anchors that hope. Right? And Jesus is that anchor. Because he is our risen Lord and Saviour. Right? He is unchanging. Right? And what he's done to take away our sin, that is irreversible. That's not changing either. And where he is now, uh, he is in heaven for us eternally. He is not moving. Right, so if you are someone who is united to Christ by faith, uh, you are not moving either. Because Jesus is the anchor of your soul. And so the author, we see he's taken this detour uh, because he was worried about the lack of growth that he saw in the Hebrews. Right, and this was really just, it was a wake-up call right, to get them growing in the right direction, keeping them far from danger. And so really, the Word of God, it does the same thing for us today. As we hear it today, uh, I want it to do that for us. God wants it to do that for us. And so we're just going to finish now just with three points of application, um, things to think about as we reflect upon this. So the first thing is uh, we should be people that watch out for laziness. Uh, as we said, Hebrew problem, it's a human problem caused by sin. Uh, there's going to be times in our life when you know, we feel like we're growing, we feel like we're doing really well, and there's going to be other times when we're just feeling like we're stuck, just feeling like it's just not happening. Uh, maybe right now, uh, the lockdown has caused just that little bit of tiredness, that little bit of weariness. Uh, maybe you're feeling it at the moment. Right, and that's normal. That's going to be a normal experience for Christians. Uh, but the problem is uh, when we get comfortable with that, right, when we get unconcerned uh, with that lack of growth, uh, we just make that just a normal part of our life. That's where the problem is. Right, that's just like, like I said earlier in Hebrews, that's like neglecting God's salvation. Uh, that is like just drifting along with the currents, uh, which he's already warned us against. Right, so the warning then of falling away and being eternally lost, as well as the encouragement of the hope we have, right, that is designed uh, to make us serious about our growth as Christians, right, to really be thinking about that. And so something that we can do is you can give yourself a growth check. Okay? Like it's not like a, you know, like a growth on your back or something, like a, a spiritual growth check. Um, so we go to doctors, you know, to get the health checkup pretty regularly. Uh, that is something we should be doing with our spiritual health as well, just checking in on that. Uh, and so one of the things we're encouraging our growth groups to do this week is this very thing. Uh, we use this tool that's called the, the growth tool or the growth acronym. Um, and look, it doesn't cover everything, uh, but it covers a lot of helpful areas that help us understand uh, what it looks like to be a growing Christian. So it spells out growth, uh, and these are the things we can be thinking about uh, as we're growing like Christ. So we can think about our gathering. You know, how are we going at gathering uh, with other believers on a Sunday or during the week, growth groups, other ways? Uh, how are we going at reaching others? How are we going at reaching unbelievers 
with the gospel. Uh, O is obeying. How are we going at obeying Jesus uh, in loving God, in loving other people, growing in holiness? W is willingly giving. How are we going at willingly giving of our time, of our talents, of our treasure uh, to grow the kingdom of God and to grow other believers? Uh, How are we going at talking to God? How are you going in your prayer with God? Uh, H is hearing. How are you going at hearing God speak uh, in his word? And look, the main thing to do as you go through these things is not to think, you know, what's my score out of 10? Uh, But it's really just thinking, am I heading in the right direction? You know, do I desire these things? And do I want to grow in these things? Are there signs of life as I think about these things? You know, what, what are some of the ways I can see that, that I've grown in the last 6 to 12 months? Good to give yourself a bit of a, a wider scope uh, to see the growth of God in your life. So something we do in our growth group, or we've done over a number of years, is that you know, halfway through the year and at the end of the year, uh, we will sit down, have a barbecue, and uh, just talk about these things. You know, we'll, we'll share the ways God has been growing us to encourage others. Uh, but we'll also look at other people and say, hey, I've seen God growing you. You know, the way you dealt with that sickness, uh, I can see that's God's work in you. Uh, the way you've been reading your Bible, uh, I can see that's God's growth in you. You want know, to see you at church and you're, you're loving people and listening to people and caring for them, I can see that growth in you. And so we can give thanks to God for his work in us in this way. Uh, and encourage ourselves that he is at work in us. So give yourself that growth check. And finally, trust your anchor. Uh, In all this, uh, as we think about growth in Christ and those who fall away, it can bring up doubts and concerns, uh, but this is what we need to remember. Jesus is our anchor. Right? It's not our growth that saves us, it's Jesus. Right? It's, not the, it's not the ship right, that holds the anchor in place, uh, but it's the anchor that holds the ship. Right? And Jesus is our anchor. Right? The assurance that we have is not in ourselves and our growth. Right? It is outside of us. It is in Jesus. It is in who he is and what he has done. Right? He gives certainty to our hope. And look, you know, this really is the whole point of Hebrews, really. It's to show us Jesus and for us to take hold of him. Okay, it's been telling us Jesus is better. Pay attention to him. Uh, fix your thoughts on him, uh, especially where he is now. Uh, but also keep looking to him as you run this race, uh, knowing that he's going to return. Uh, either he's going to return or you're going to go and see him, but either way, uh, the thing we hope for is coming. So fix your eyes on Jesus uh, and he will keep you and hold you and, and bring you to that place. Uh, this, this great hope we have in Jesus, uh, it really is uh, all the strength we need uh, to endure in the Christian life until we reach the end. Right? So trust your anchor. Right, we're going to pray for those things right now. Uh, would you join me and I'll lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great hope that you have given us in Jesus. We thank you for the certainty that we can have 
but you will keep us enduring until we reach the end. And we pray, Father, that we will not be those who are unresponsive to your word, but you would give us humble and teachable hearts uh, that are ready and willing to learn. And we pray for those, Lord, who feel stuck or are struggling in their faith. Uh, We pray in your mercy that you would meet them and give them the help they need to keep going. And we give thanks for your work in us by your spirit to grow us like Christ. And Father, we pray that we would recognise your work in us and your work in others so that we might praise your awesome power. And in our own struggle with sin and temptation, uh, we pray, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the anchor of our soul, uh, that we might trust him and he would hold us safe. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.